Sunday matters. Just want to give you a little heads up. The quality of audio for this upcoming segment is not as good as I would like it to be, but I feel that the conversation's important enough to go ahead and show it instead of scrapping it for this week. So I apologize in advance, but I'm so grateful that you're here and hopefully you guys will get something from this message. Hey, it's Monday and uh, Monday Matters. And so it's good to join you once again for Monday Matters. And today, uh, Pastor JD is not gonna be with us because he's got something else uh, going on this, this week. And so he couldn't be here. So we are joined today by the lovely and talented Justin. And uh, Justin's usually the guy behind the camera. So Justin's gonna actually sit up here and go with us. And we also have Rachel, and she is our groups person. And, and uh, so really, it, it's a great um, series to have her involved in because her task is to help us come together. And so our series is together. So welcome. Yeah, she is definitely the glue. Oh, I, I've been really excited. You've missed a lot of small groups plugs during Sundays, but that's okay. Oh, I missed them? Yeah, I'll make up for it today. Okay. How to, how to not get invited back to a podcast? Call somebody out. Right, <laughs> right away. Right. Yeah, on their own all right. That's all right. We'll be okay. So welcome. Yeah, it's good to, good to see you guys, and thanks for filling in for Katie's enjoying the beach. Yeah, probably about 30,000 feet up in the air at this point. Oh, right. <laughs> right. So Sunday, um, boy, it seems weird to talk about, like, a sermon that you didn't preach, doesn't it? It is different to be a consumer instead of someone that uh, provided it. Yeah. So, but it, maybe give a different perspective, so this could be fun. Yeah, right? Right. Fresh stuff. Well, good. Uh, so, so this past Sunday, um, we continued in our, our Together series, and we hit Acts chapter 9, and we looked at Saul, who would later become Paul, and his conversion to Christianity. Yeah, I mean, so, so I talked about that, and, and what did you guys, uh, well, it's kind of weird now. What, what did you think? <laughs> what did you hear? It was, was okay. I'm just kidding. It was okay. <laughs> it was okay. It'll do. I thought it was great. I've watched it. Um, wait, so, wait, wait, who do you work for? <laughs> for the person doing the podcast, yeah, so well, yes. That's, like, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. Um, it was a good one. I actually got to enjoy it more than I got to watch it live, which I don't always get to do with uh, being behind the camera. Sometimes I miss things. Um, so I get to go back and watch them. So I've watched this one several times now. Uh, the first time I got out of it was, why is Baker Mayfield so bad? Why is Baker Mayfield so why, bad? Why would the Steelers not want him? Yeah. So all kidding aside, though, no, going through it, it's, I think it's a, it's a sermon that I struggle with. And every time I've watched it, I've kind of gotten something a little different, or I'll hear a different piece. So you've heard it. You've, you've actually three to times it. I've listened to it um, to go through. Um, I preached kind of, it, and I didn't even listen to it that many times. Well, I, my job has a lot to do with how it's produced, so I have to kind of analyze that stuff. Um, I struggled, and I noticed a lot during COVID and the lockdowns, and when things were very political. We had an election going on. There was the mask, not mask. Everything was super divided. Right. I struggled in that time with my own hypocrisy. And I think out of that, it was good because I was able to kind of analyze where I'm closed-minded or not open to opportunities. Um, because you would hear all these 
wild statements and you're like, okay, well, why are they coming from there? So you kind of, a little bit of empathy, self-analyzing your hypocrisy. So it kind of, when it, when he's going to heal Saul. Wait, 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 who's he? Yeah, Artemis. Okay, so, so, so Saul, is on his way to persecute the Christians in Damascus. And a bright light shines and it's God. And, it's, and what's Jesus? And he says, uh, why are you persecuting me? Anyway, so, so Saul ends up uh, not eating or drinking food. He's, he's there in Damascus. And, um, and then God calls to... Uh, <laughs> what, what can I remember? Oh, Ananias. God calls Ananias, to, I said it wrong yeah, too. Yeah, Artemis, so Artemis. Artemis. Yeah. I think that's the traffic We're thing. thinking of <laughs> Baker Mayfield is who you So Saul calls to Ananias in a, in a vision to go and, um, and pray for him and heal him because he's blind. Saul's still blind. God calls Saul. I, did I say Saul calls? Better call Saul. It's Monday. Better call Saul. Oh gosh. That's off the road. Who brought me? Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, you were saying that. So he obviously has a really bad opinion of Saul. Ananias. Ananias. Yeah, why? Because he's persecuted Christians. He's done a lot of bad things. So he's being asked to fix someone who's not a good person. So he has to battle with that. And then fortunately in the end, he is obedient. Go and does it. And um, shapes a lot of the New Testament, like you mentioned uh, in your teaching, but struggling with that, that battle of, oh, I know better. God, how did, God doesn't know this person. I mean, this is a really bad person. He really, he's killed people. He's put people in jail. He's done all these different things. Like, why, why is he valuable? Yeah. Well, you listen to God. He's telling you to do that. Open up your heart. Don't have that blackened heart. And then you go do that. And there is that mustard seed of good. It could change into something else that you don't realize. So. Saul's like a super cool villain, right? Um, <laughs> super cool villain. Yeah. So, okay. Um, yeah. So I'm reading Jesus and the Disinherited, right? Um, who, who wrote that? Howard Thurman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mentor to Martin Luther King. Right. So. Jesus, right, is of this people group that's super oppressed. So the Jews are not Roman citizens. Uh, they have no value. They have no voice, except for the ones who have, like, sold out. So, like, the Pharisees, and they've, like, partnered with Roman government. But they're, like, sellouts. Like, that is the person you hate, right? Um, so Jesus and Paul are, like, opposites, right? right? Like, they say they're playing for the same team, but there's no way that Jesus' friends didn't just, like, hate everything Paul represented. Um, and I love that perspective, right? Well, and of course, Paul, or Saul, who would become Paul, he was trying to kill them too. I mean, there was that piece. Yes, but, and he's trying to kill them in the name of God. God. Yeah. And so they both have the same motivator, but they're acting in opposite ways, right? Yeah, right. And so that's what we're doing through COVID too, you know, is um, if you're red or if you're blue or, or all the political strife, we're, we have the same motivator, right? Which is righteousness. Um, but we're acting in opposite ways, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Um, or we think we have uh, You know, I mentioned, okay, so I, I mentioned during the message. Um, so 
I mean, he's the bad guy. And, and then I said, who is the bad guy? He must be talking about the MAGA group because they're pro-gun and all this stuff. No, 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 he's probably talking about the leftists, they're pro-abortion, all this stuff like that. Because we kind of, we, we, we see uh, the red and the blue, we rarely see anything in between. Uh, we, we just see the other side. And so probably what you're describing, and I was trying to get at that, although I probably lost half of the listeners because they probably just were, oh, uh-oh, he just went there. Triggered. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, so, so Jesus uh, would have been on one side and, and Paul on the other, although there wasn't red and blue in this case at all. It was whatever. Colored. It was like Roman and not Roman. Right. It was like Roman and Jewish, right? Okay. So I think what's cool is um, what helps me like with empathy, not sympathy, but empathy, um, instead of anger that, that causes this division between Roman and Jew or red and blue or whatever, is to remember like my perspective and God's story, right? So the phrase I always use is, if I would have been there, like if I would have been at Jesus's crucifixion, I would have been the one that was like, yeah, crucify him, crucify him. And so that, like remembering who I am and the big perspective of the story is always just, it helps me have compassion on everyone else because I am never like, oh, there's a verse um, that says like, if I think I am something I am not, right? like I'm very self-deceived. And so just to remember that, if I would have been there, I would have been the one who was find Jesus. And that puts me, I think, where I should be. And it helps me view everyone else with compassion, knowing that, like, they're wrong, but I am so wrong, you know? Yeah, so, uh, so Ananias is called to go and heal Saul. And uh, Saul's on the other team. Yikes. And, and but for some reason, God is like, I know who he is, and, and I know... Um, what he's done, but but he is my chosen instrument to redeem, you know, the, the Gentiles and to redeem, and to stand before kings and, and all of these things. And so, yeah, I know he's on the other team, but uh, I will show him how much he has to suffer for my name. Pretty incredible. That that line in there probably was, you know, Ananias probably heard that line. Was like, oh, good, at least he's gonna suffer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, how do you know you would be the one at the cross and crucify him? I, I don't know. I don't know where I, I don't know where I would land in that. I guess story. like have I ever um, like betrayed Jesus before? Yes, so many times, right? Like how many times have I wandered off? Like I know my yeah. humanity. I understand my humanity super well. And in that story, there is no one that's like begging for his freedom. His friends like abandon him, and I am not. You know. Those are the people closest to Jesus. Yeah. I am not that close to Jesus, right? And so if they were to betray him, all the evidence says that I would too. You would too. Huh. I, especially if you feel like your life is on the line. I mean, that's a, oh, yeah. something that here I don't ever have to, my faith is, at least at this point in time, I will not be killed for my faith. Yeah. Um, but that was very real at that point in time. What would you say if your own life was, I don't know, I would hope that I would say take my life, but... I also could be real because if I have two kids and a wife, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's super hard to know what you would do. You know, you think of Peter who, uh, this had nothing to do with the message on Sunday, but Peter who pulled out a sword to defend Jesus when they came to take Jesus away uh, to, to, to put him on trial. And so he was willing in that moment to fight to the death 
and then in the next moment he was alone. He was he, he denied that he even knew him. So I mean I think we're pretty fickle sometimes, and as, as strong as we think we are, uh, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. You might be the one who's like, no, it's hard to know. Yeah, very true, very 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 true. But in our lives, there are all we all have many times where we were the one. You're just pointing to evidence, right? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you're right. Were you when you were going through this teaching? Did anything super stand out to you? Well, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of things uh, stood out to me. But but one of the things that stood out is, um, well, one of the things Ananias goes to goes to Saul, and, and he's, how does he address him? Remember? Remember? Don't kill me. No, he goes to Saul and he says, "Brother Saul, whoa." That's huge. I mean, so God sends this vision to Ananias, and Ananias goes to this killer who has blood on his hands, uh, who's, who's killed other Christ followers, and he calls him brother. Wow, that's incredible. Because he he he, he welcomes him into you know the, the family. Wow, that's, that's committing to what God asked him to do. I guess you know he could have gone and be like, all right, I'm just hold on. This is what I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm just checking this box, but he wholeheartedly embraced it. Yeah. Yeah, and so then I, I also talked a little bit in the message about how um, how people who aren't Christian, non-Christians, uh, how they see us, you know, as they're looking at us from the outside, um, as, as, you know, Saul was looking at these Christ followers from the outside. Uh, and, and I talked about that. How did that sound to you as you're, as you're hearing that list of, you know, here's what they see when they look at us? Did you catch any of that? Yeah, I, I, it hits. I, I think it, especially when it comes to the hypocritical, I think that is one thing that gets thrown at Christians a lot, and it's yeah. very deserved. Um, you know, when you look at the news or social media or whatever is going on, you always have a tendency, like, the extremes are the loudest, right? Very rarely do you hear the well, this is okay, and it's from this angle, and I like a piece of this, but I like a piece of that. It's like, you're either in one camp or another. You're put into a bucket. We love to put people in easy, consumable categories. Right. Um, so I hear that, and I, I feel like I constantly am analyzing myself for my hypocritical as a, as a Christian, and then you hear atheists, or whatever you want to call non-believers, um, their arguments. Uh, I believe we talked about one of them last week. I had to go back and double check, but um, on the podcast. But you hear these things, and it's—I don't know. It, to me, it's self-evaluating. If I if I hear, I hate to even bring up the abortion side of things, but that's it's very popular right now. So if you go on well, the social pop- media, it's popular because it, it's uh, there's uh, potentially a Supreme turnaround. Court. Yeah. That may overthrow Roe v. Wade, and, and that has a lot of people up in arms. So, if you look at social media, it's you know you're killing a human, all the way to it's not a human, and then there's my body, my choice. Yeah, all these kind of choice things. But then it's so I weigh that, and I have my uh, opinion on that subject. But then it also goes right now. You have the the baby formula thing going on. Well, the same people that 
one, one thing may also be restricting how baby formula is getting to families, which also could have an adverse effect on kids. So then I'm seeing all these mm. hypocritical on both sides of things. Um, you know, money's more important, or is it the politics of the baby food? Mm. But we're fighting tooth or nail over what abortion stands. So I guess it just, in seeing all this nonsense yeah. going on, all I can do is focus on where am I being hypocritical? Where am I closing off to someone? So. I think it hits when you see that social media, just the vomiting of information that comes at you and understand that it usually comes at somebody's trying to play an angle on you. There's something else that they want. They really probably don't even care about the topic that they're discussing. Um, (laughs) You know, so I guess that's kind of where I kind of, when you mention those things and those are the things that we hear. You know, and, and, Specifically, abortion. Uh, I don't. I don't really want to go into that today. But but I don't think it's a, a. Abortion isn't a political issue in my mind at all. It's it's a theological issue, and and I don't want to really go into the theology of it. Um, but but it is not in my mind. You know, people think of it as this is this political issue. It's not. It's it's a theological issue, and so I think the church has every right to speak about any theological issue. At all times, um, so I, I avoid political issues. Well, I avoid. I mention political issues, but I don't dive into them. But uh, but theological issues, I'm not afraid to go there. But we're not going to go there today. We might go there in the future. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. It was not definitely trying to get to that, but more of the here. And it is. You say abortion is a theological, okay. which I believe that it is. But it has been weaponized political as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of you you go but that's a good way to say it. It's been weaponized. Well, I think COVID was weaponized. We have a tendency to it's for our own political gain, I guess. Sure. Sure. I'll stop before I go too far. I'll keep it going though. <laughs> yeah. So in conflict management, there's like four types of conflict issues. Topical, relational identity, and process issues. So you say that this is a theological issue, but relational and identity issues are like the undercurrent of most issues. And so that falls right in line with theological issues. So abortion is like, you know, at its core, it's a a relational, it's an identity issue. Um, And so how do we, I mean, what are we trying to do here? Are we trying to, there's both sides of the abortion issue and what we're trying to do is make that a human issue so that so that we have compassion on one another, so that we're not judging one another. And so just remember that it's an identity issue. Um, and how does how does Jesus affect people, right? He affects people and calls people through relationship. It's never through information. There's no amount of like, this is why pro-choice is better, this is why pro-life is better. No amount of information changes people, but like relationships change people. So the minute you get to know someone, or like you realize that you have a close friend that had an abortion or that sure. like that is what heals things and that's what makes empathy and sympathy so real. Yeah, so so identity and, and one of the things and veering a little bit off of what you're talking about, staying with the identity idea. Uh, so so Saul finds Jesus and his identity is shifted and changed and suddenly he's brother Saul. He's no longer, you know, this this bad guy who's a Pharisee. Uh, his, his name is changed in a in chapters from Saul to Paul and, and everything changes uh, for him. Yeah, it's amazing. Is that, I'm trying to now take this into how does this 
affect Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, yeah. we hear this on sure. Sunday. So his interaction with Saul, it, he became humanized. You start to find out a little bit more about the person, and you have compassion because typically, I you know, look. I know I keep bringing up social media, but that's where a lot of us live a lot of time. People are harsh. It's really easy to say whatever you want there because right? there's no, no kickback. But usually, if you sit down on a table with somebody that you have a difference of opinion in, you usually can find some sort of common ground, or at least there's a human nature. It's a way more polite conversation. Sure. Um, so I have to I try and encourage myself that if I'm out in circumstances on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whether it be at, at work or um, at the gym or wherever it may be, to not typecast yeah. and have that conversation and, and learn that person. And then you can at least start to figure out maybe where they're coming from. Absolutely. So you mentioned, um, well, I mentioned, and then you mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned it yesterday and it's Monday. You mentioned hypocrisy, you know, that that, that is one of our issues in the church. And the reality is um, we struggle with hypocrisy. I struggle. I mean, I don't know any Christian who doesn't struggle with hypocrisy in that uh, when you're not living up to what you what you profess, you know, I say here's what I believe, but if, if I don't live up to that thing that I believe, then I'm being hypocritical. And so, um, yeah, so so we struggle with hypocrisy, um, and it's scandal. You know, scandal is a uh, is a massive. Yeah. Did you guys see this weekend the uh, the Baptist uh, Southern Baptist? Convention came out with a statement about the uh, sex abuse scandal that they're going through right now. It's hitting the hitting the front pages. It's just awful, you know, awful stuff, uh, cover-ups and that kind of thing. And, and they're not they haven't dealt with it well along the way. And uh, and so then these outsiders look at us and they expect us, um, they expect more of us than we expect of ourselves. Um, so. You know, as, as we go through life, the moment we start pointing fingers at people, which we were doing that earlier in the hallway, the moment uh, we start pointing fingers at people and saying, you should do this, you should, you know, man, we're, we're way off base. We're way off base in those, in those moments. Definitely. There's always about three pointing back at you. <laughs> point. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I mean, so as, as people look at us, um, you know, they, they see our faults and our failures. And so we have to be able to look at, at them and, and see, instead of pointing our finger at them, you know, Saul had blood on his hands, but, but God was, was still willing to see the best in him and draw the best out of him. And that's incredible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're super judgy, but I think to combat that, we have to look at people with curiosity. Just always give them the benefit of the doubt and make that like like a priority. And that is not something that I do. It's not something that's easy for me. It's taken, it takes a lot of reinforcement. Um, but just like really trust that people are blissfully unaware of you know how they came off, or or just people are blissfully unaware. I'm unaware. I'm not. I don't try to be mean. I don't try to be hypocritical. Um, so when I am, well, I guess that's not really true. Yeah, and I wasn't trying to excuse our hypocrisy. I mean, that wasn't my intention. Just hey, we're okay. We can, we, you know, 
That's not what I'm saying. It's just sometimes we do come off. Well, yeah, I think it's human nature. I do agree. I try and operate with grace. I like I'm really focused on grace, and I really try and focus on what fruit am I bearing. And that's kind of the litmus test that I'll go off of. But grace is helpful because I know I have stepped into a pile at one point or time or another. No idea how I got there. Um, I used a word that I shouldn't have used. Had no idea what it meant. Whatever it may be, ended up somewhere. And luckily in my circumstance, people have given me grace in those moments. Uh, educated me, depending on what it may be. And I didn't find a fist or any kind of weird situation like that. But, uh, you know, I try and... It's hard to, to operate that way and to listen because I'm a talker. It is difficult. But to listen because then you can find out why or what experience they had in their life shaped that opinion. Sure. Sure. Yeah, once you humanize people, it's it's really easy to not view them as their political standing or as their shortcomings. Yeah, so one of the things I said in, in the message was that um, God is whispering to every man, woman, and child all the time. His spirit is whispering to them all the time. And, I and, and I talk about that a, a, a mm -hmm. lot, don't I? And, um, and everybody is on a spiritual journey and they're at some point in that spiritual journey. Um, and so um, when we look at the other person as just a bad person, um, we're not seeing what God sees. I mean, God looked at Saul and saw potential, and, and everybody else saw blood on his hands. Even the disciples were terrified of him because, because he was a killer. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be afraid of that guy too. Uh, and then Barnabas comes along and, and walks him in to, to the circle of the apostles. You know, he, he just, you know, come on, I'll introduce you to the fellas, you know, and, and the next thing you know, now Saul is now preaching alongside the, uh, the apostles, which is an amazing uh, thing. It, it's inspiring. Yeah. Um, either self-inspiring and also for other people, but I know that, you know, deep down inside me, there's that God always has a plan and an opportunity for each and every one of us it just goes along with what we say that this faith is just as often caught as it is taught yeah. so the relational element is I mean is it not more important than just trying to tell people how it is oh yeah I mean you know you can't preach <laughs> I, I've been doing this a long time you can't preach people into change you can't do it it just doesn't work that way but um but you can live with people and watch them change as they uh, buy into this thing that, that they see in your life and, and in the community's life, uh, which is a great segue into small groups, right? <laughs> small groups are great. Yeah, small groups are great, yeah. We believe that you know relationships within the church are an essential part of spiritual growth, so. Absolutely. Good stuff. Hey, uh, got anything else for us? I think I'm good. Yeah, good. I've had a lot of fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll close out this this series next Sunday. So don't don't forget to join in, and we'll find out how uh, we can live this faith together and grow together. It's, it's been a fun series, and then we get ready to take on our next series, which uh, I'll, I'll uh, introduce next. Oh, you're not gonna tease it now? No, we'll tease it next. Week. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks for joining us.